Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, with Hurricanes Ian and Fiona over the last uh, couple of weeks, you may have been we spared a direct hit here in Ontario. Uh, but experts say the ripple effect on supply chains is coming our way. and That's going to hit us pretty hard. One example, for instance, is food. Uh, grocers uh, that source from Atlantic Canada and the southern United States could pass on the higher cost to Canadian consumers. That's you and me. And that impact could include things like potatoes from PEI or citrus from Florida, certainly. Canadian importers do have the option of finding other producers to deal with disrupted supply chains, but that could come at a cost, too. So these experts say that while the impact of major storms on supply chains could be intense, they might also be short-lived. Global's Ann Gaviola has a report. Certainly anything in the natural resource sector on the east coast of Canada would be affected, the fisheries. A lot of people probably don't recognize is the substantial lumber operations that we have on the east coast. Consumer impact includes price spikes at the pumps, offsetting some of that relief we've seen in recent weeks. And higher prices for food. Already the one-two punch of Fiona and Ian has impacted key crops in Florida, including citrus. Orange juice futures jumped this week, meaning that glass of OJ will likely cost you more soon. You can also expect to pay more for avocados and other items that we import from the Sunshine State. Our weaker currency is an inflationary factor, too, because most goods affected are priced in U.S. dollars. So that's the challenge that we have right now. Uh, what are we going to do about this? Well, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce has come up with a paper that I think addresses an awful lot of these concerns. Uh, it says urgent action is needed to prevent a bending supply chain from breaking. And we're not too far from that, apparently. Joining us to talk about the report and some of the solutions that uh, we should be considering here is Michelle Eaton. Michelle, of course, is the Vice President of Public Affairs with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Michelle, pleasure to have you back in the program. Thanks so much for the time today. Thanks so much for having me on, Bill. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, as as I with you, but I mean, this uh, caught my attention and I started reading this over last night. Uh, we've got a lot of concerns here and like so many other things, and I think you and I talked about this in the past, uh, yeah, the, the, a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with here and that we need as as to, to be addressing here existed before the pandemic, but the pandemic just exacerbated the situation. Uh, and as you say, this is a, a supply chain that was probably under pressure before. It's under intense pressure right now. We can't afford to let it break. We have to do something here. Absolutely, Bill. And it's everything from uh, climate disasters, geopolitical conflict, trade wars that are exacerbating some of the issues. I mean, what, and while it was amplified by the public health and economic crisis that we've experienced over the last couple of years, it, part of the issue is decades of underinvestment in infrastructure and public policy choices that led to supply chains that are uh, fragile across a number of sectors and products in Canada. Um, so we really need to see that bold whole of government action to strengthen our domestic competitiveness and supply chain resilience. Um, a lot of businesses right now are looking and seeing how to bolster their supply chain strategies. A lot of them were, were functioning with a just-in-time kind of model, um, and now they're looking at just-in-case delivery models. Um, this ongoing crunch of bottlenecks um, it continues to bear down on a number of sectors. Um, it looks like things are looking a little bit better with the global context. So there's there's some hope on the horizon, but um, the, the private sector is doing its part. We'd like to see government eliminate some of those barriers, reduce red tape, streamline the process for industry. Um, and we really need action uh, now to reduce that the, those future risks because a lot of these things won't, won't happen overnight and, and it will take considerable time and dedication. 
and in the long term, I understand that you know we have to be concerned about climate and the impact that environmental issues are going to have, and we saw that happen, of course, with the hurricanes, uh, and 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 flooding and things of this nature, and and we need to do something about that. But in the short term, as the paper indicates here, Michelle, uh, we have to shore up our our supply chain infrastructure, and and that, as you say, is multifaceted, uh, and maybe the the first way to, the place to start here is uh, is employment. Uh, you know, the, the people that are working in that industry. I mean, you know, when I see this statistic that you included in the report here, uh, currently we are $23,000, rather, truck drivers short of what were needed uh, to move goods around in this province. Uh, 23,000 fewer truck drivers uh, means it's going to take longer to get things to market. It's going to cost more to get them to market. Uh, you know, we, we have to do something to address that right off the bat. Absolutely. And earlier this year, we actually released a, a policy primer called uh, by my colleague Esther on our policy team. It's um, supply chain disruptions and delays. So folks want to read more about the issue, they can go to our website and look up that primer because it looks at some of the snapshot of the issues with some short and long term recommendations. This is also a subject we're going to be talking about. We have our upcoming Ontario Economic Summit, um, November 22nd to 23rd, for anyone that's interested, that's listening, that wants to come join us. And we're, we're going to actually be partnering with the Monk School of Business and the Monk's, um, their hub, which is, uh, their hub um, is it's their, their mission to produce and promote insights, analysis and debate about dynamic um, things happening in Canada. Um, so we're going to be doing a Monk-style debate, uh, be it resolved uh, in Ontario's need does Ontario's need for reshoring as part of its growth agenda, um, uh, you know, looking at that just in time, just in case manufacturing strategies. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things come down to um, labor is one of the big things. Uh, and of course, it's no secret. We have a bit of an immigration backlog in Canada. Um, we actually don't have the data to tell us why people are moving or where they're moving. Uh, so the data would be helpful. And something you and I have talked about before, Bill, um, we need more economic immigrants. It's something that has been in the news uh, lately. Um, in Canada, the federal government gives each province a set allocation of economic immigrants each year. In 2021, that was around 9,000, which is totally inefficient for uh, the, the the employment that's available in the province. Um, the, I know the province has been in talks with the federal government about making that amount much higher, and it, it needs to happen. When we look at this, and as you say, the, the shortcomings are, are they're fixable. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and a, the reason for a lot of these, as you say, is, is outdated uh, policies by governments. Uh, is there a willingness for governments to sit down with, with industry at this stage, uh, Michelle, and say, okay, what can we do here? Uh, I, I think they're aware of the immigration problem, uh, you know, and they, they've attempted, I guess, to try to streamline that. Uh, but, you know, when you've got the report here that says 62% of sectors in Ontario here are all facing labor shortages, uh, I, I don't know if using the word crisis is, 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 is too extreme here. I mean, we're really getting into a very tenuous situation here. Well, it's, and it's, there's a lot of dynamics at play, Bill, because you have the labor shortage, immigration backlog, we have high inflation, um, supply chain problems slightly improving. If you, um, the business's ability to take on debt still remains a significant restraint coming out of the pandemic. Um, still rising costs, um, and uh, there's a lot of things happening all at once. It's a bit of a, a kind of perfect storm. We're amid the, the highest inflation we've had in, in 40 years, which is a, a major um, obstacle for Canadian businesses. Uh, 
one thing I would say, though, on governments, uh, particularly Ontario, they've been they've been steadfast in in looking at ways to make it easier for foreign credentials to be recognized. You've seen Monty McNaughton in the news quite a bit as of late, talking about different initiatives initiatives they are doing to get folks to come to Ontario and get them upskilled in certain professions where there's labor market demands. Um, federally, there, there is a national supply chain task force where they're consulting with industry and looking at solutions so that they can be done from that level. And then in, provincially in Ontario, there's Supply Ontario, um, which is looking at how they can transform and modernize public procurement. Um, and, you know, folks might have noticed during the pandemic, the, the, the Ontario government was quite uh, agile and in, in, in solicited and unsolicited help to uh, support some of those health supply efforts. I actually heard that the Premier was picking up the phone himself uh, to, to make sure that we, we had the things we needed to weather that storm. So it's on uh, the, the radar of governments. They're, they're taking action. None of these things will happen overnight. Um, you have a supply chain that you know, some of the, the infrastructure is operating a kind of 1980s pen and paper um, and then on the flip side, you have uh, labor shortages. So something something's got to give, and 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 those areas need to be addressed because they don't they don't happen overnight. Well, and the other element to this too, and the truism here with economics is, if we don't do it, and somebody else beats it to us. Uh, business flows that way as, as opposed to us. And they're not going to say, oh, Canada's got their act together now. Okay, we're going to go back. Uh, th- we've we've got to act on this right now. We've got, as you say, remain competitive in, in this global market because if we don't, if we fall behind into a tier two uh, economy, uh, it's it's very, very difficult to try to get back on your feet. Absolutely. And what we're facing isn't unique in Canada. Every country is kind of, is facing these things where that, that war for talent is high, um, and they're looking at how do they get people to uh, go into certain STEM professions, trades. Uh, you'd mentioned trucking earlier um, uh, because that with the aging, and we've talked about this before, with the aging workforce, we have uh, people retiring. We have birth declines in the country. Um, it's, it's not going to get, things aren't going to get better. It's, it's going to get more more challenging. So having those workforce targeted workforce strategies, for example, for a trucking industry, promoting the transportation and supply chain industries as viable career paths through education campaigns, training incentives, uh, immigration pathways and agreements, th- those all can help to bolster the sector um, so that uh, you know the spending supply chain doesn't break, as we we had mentioned in our, our recent release. And I mean, we've talked a lot about government's involvement, and that's going to be key to this whole thing. But private sector has a role to play here too. Is 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 the industry and is the economic industry in this province pivoting toward this and understanding uh, that this is where the the focus has to be for the, at least the short term, anyway? A lot of the companies I've spoken to, they're really looking at um, their strategies and how do they strengthen their supply chains? How do they um, uh, make sure that um, they're never caught in a situation where um, there's gaps in, in supply and their delivery. Um, and I think with the economic headwinds, a lot, a lot of people have been talking about uh, that we're entering a reception, recession. A lot of economics have, economists have spoken to that. Um, a lot of companies, I think, are looking at how they make sure that they're, they're strong and resilient going into a, an economic downturn. 
we were talking earlier about the impact that the, the global situation is having here, but, you know, natural disasters and things of this nature, uh, we can't prevent that. But I guess the metaphor I was thinking of, it's it's like a house that's, you know, in the, in the line with a, where a, a hurricane is going. Uh, you can't change the path of the hurricane, but you can make sure that the house is going to be resilient and be able to stand or withstand, really, uh, the, the sorts of pressures that are going to come on. Uh, we... We're a little lax in that over the past, I guess, assuming that, oh, come on, not, none of this is all going to happen at once. Well, it did. Uh, and and we've got to learn from that, don't we? Well, I think with, with supply chains, it's something until there's problems, uh, it's it's probably not where, I mean, government tends to focus their energy sure. or public policies on areas that are more immediate of nature um, and, and within their mandates. Um, so, until you see problems in the supply chain, the public policy tends to not turn in that direction. Um, I'm pleased to see that both the provincial and federal governments are looking at how do they bolster the supply chains. That public-private collaboration is so essential um, to explore potential support measures, particularly for small businesses still recovering from lost revenues. I heard some real horror stories um, from small business owners throughout the, the last couple of years. Um, in the workforce development strategies, you, you've seen, you know, for example, provincially, they they've done a real um, push towards some of the trades that are 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 in demand and, and require um, require uh, more people. Um, so those immigration pathways, training incentives, and agreements, super important. Uh, but then out, updating our ports and infrastructure to the 21st century, and that even means getting our broadband and strengthening those kind of things. But um, there really needs to be a formal supply chain infrastructure assessment to address those bottlenecks and those inefficiencies along the supply chain. That's an important part of it. And I was pleased as well to see that some governments are starting to address that too about broadband. Uh, You know, if if you travel around from time to time, maybe you did some traveling this summer, you're going to hit dead spots every now and then. And you figure, well, what an inconvenience. If you're in business, it's more than an inconvenience. I mean, there's, there's got to be more attention paid to that. That's one of the keys, I think, to, to 21st century economics, isn't it? To make sure that, that, that you're wired and that you're ready to go. Absolutely. And if you think about, I mean, there was a lot of support throughout the pandemic for small businesses getting uh, for digital adoption, for getting online. Um, and we've heard some great stories for folks that have um, leveraged some of the, the grants uh, to, to get their business. They, they've, they've, their business has actually done really well because all of a sudden they're, they're not just serving their local community, but they're serving across Canada and international markets. But uh, the, the competitiveness globally will continue. And if we want to remain competitive, addressing some of those shortfalls in broadband, because broadband is important. And I think, you know, sometimes people don't equate this, but even farming has become so um digital and um it's modernized quite a bit uh so from for across every sector you need to make sure that you're connected and we we can't afford to let our rural and remote communities fall behind it's it's all tied together and and of course this ties into the conversation you and i had a week or so ago about interprovincial trade barriers too and the work that needs to be done uh it's the old adage when you're getting into a situation like this i guess everything should be on the table shouldn't it michelle to say okay how can we do this better in the in the whole big picture it may be only a small part of it but you know if we address all of those small parts we're going to get positive change here well in it, it, it makes me interprovincial trade and labor mobility it's 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 a solution it costs a lot of money it costs us 
it costs regular folks a lot of money. It costs businesses a lot of money. Um, and particularly with labor, uh, it should be easy for people to be able to, I mean, it's, it's kind of like when you, you know, it's, some, it's sometimes a lot cheaper to travel to Europe than it is across Canada. And sometimes yeah. I look at some of our interprovincial trade or labor issues as that, that way. We, we're just making it very difficult. That it's a lot of sectors. Um, and there's a lot of data out there supporting uh, the need for change out West. Um, there's been a lot of mutual uh, recognition agreements that have been made. I uh, would love to see the Ontario government um, make some moves on, on that, just so it's easier for folks to come here and work in their profession. Because it, it's a shame if people from across Canada or people from other countries come here and then they, they can't work in their own profession. And they, you know, uh, especially for ones that we really need people in. Exactly. Uh, it's a great piece and a, a very important p- policy paper that uh, that I hope the government is going to read. Michelle, thank you so much for the time today, as always. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Bill. Have a great day. You too. Michelle Eaton, who is the VP of Public Affairs at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.